everybody i'm natalie mills and i'm sarah stark and you are listening to the lumpy mother the podcast where we show up for our kids by learning how to show up better for ourselves we are not experts we're just two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together i have a nine-month-old son now and a two and a half-year-old daughter It goes so quickly. (laughs) And I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter, and three sons who are seven, six, and 18 months. If you want to know you're not alone in the fact that your kids dress way better than you do on a daily basis, (laughs) then you've come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Natalie and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week. Or, in other words, something good, bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our minds after another week surviving parenthood. Sarah and I have a feeling you'll be able to relate to our experiences. But if you can't relate, tell us about it. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about the topics we cover. Okay, Natalie, (laughs) do you have a rewind this week? I have a really random short rewind. (laughs) So um, (laughs) perfect. My my husband Nick and I are both rollovers for the toilet paper. This is something we've known about each other for years. (laughs) So it's not a secret. We're both very passionate about this decision. And so um, obviously he heard us talking about it on the podcast. And (laughs) all he said was beards are cooler than mullets. Just think about it for a second. (laughs) Wait. Like the toilet paper in front is a beard. The toilet paper in front, it's like a beard. And if it's in the back, it's like a mullet. It is a mullet. So he was just like, beards are are cooler than mullets. It's amazing how many rollovers I've talked to since we aired last episode that that, that either want to change other, like roll under's toilet paper to roll over or do... Whenever they're another person's house. It's true. We haven't heard from a single person that's like, oh, I'm a roll under. Every person that we've talked to or heard from has been. Probably because they're so laid back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, every person we've talked to is a roll over and they are vehement rollovers. Yes. And so this personality test is obviously. Exactly. (laughs) One for the making. Sarah, what's your rewind this week? I have a couple of rewinds. So the other day, one of my friends asked me. Um, when she listened to our episode where you're like, I put seven laundry baskets out in my basement. <laughs> She's like, where does she live that she can fit seven laundry baskets in her basement? Um, <laughs> because we're in the Pacific Northwest and there's basically no basements, probably because it's, you know, mold. It's really rainy and mold. Oh, and I, don't, I don't know. That we makes don't have sense. Tornadoes, I thought I maybe it was like because of the mountains, the ground is so hard or something. If I had to guess, that's what I would have guessed. But the rain makes much more sense. I don't sense. know. I don't know. Okay, but uh, but Natalie, so Natalie's in Northwest Indiana, and I'm in the Pacific Northwest outside Portland, Oregon. Um, and yeah, Natalie's basement is huge. Yeah, the kids roller skate in it in the winter. What I know that's ridiculous. You told me that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so my other rewind is <laughs> okay. So um, I deleted my Facebook last year um, just because I'm addicted to social media and oh, it's bad. Yeah. And so I thought I would just kind of cut it down to just one medium, which I'm still <laughs> addicted to, which is Instagram. Um, and also it just Facebook just wasn't mentally healthy in a lot of ways for yeah. me. But once we started this podcast, I wanted to be able to help with our <laughs> lumpy mother Facebook group. Um, and so I created this Facebook profile, but I didn't want anyone to add me. And it's called Co-Host Stark. The first name is Co-Host. <laughs> and I didn't realize I was responding to people's comments on our Facebook group as Co-Host Stark. And it's just so weird because there was like no picture. You know, it's just like it seems like a, an illegitimate Facebook profile. <laughs> so I just want to take the time to apologize if I creeped anyone out um, by responding to their comments. And on one of the comments, I was like, we should be friends <laughs> as Co-Host Stark. <laughs> first name, Co-Host. And, <laughs> and what's funny is on Facebook, Natalie is my only friend. <laughs> that's my favorite. So it would be part. Natalie and this other random person. <laughs> so I just want everyone to know that if if for some reason you receive a, a replied a reply from co-host, it's just me, and it's uh, not meant to be creepy. It's just an accident. Well, um, <laughs> you tried to change it, right? And it wouldn't let you because it said... <laughs> no, it, it said it only allows real names. <laughs> I guess uh, they didn't double check the first time. And I tried uh, to change it to Lady Stark, uh -huh. per your suggestion, because it's an awesome name. And I love that my last name's Stark and, um, you know, Game of Thrones, etc. <laughs> Tony Stark. Um, but no, I'm co-host forever. <laughs> Um, and then I have one more rewind, and um, <laughs> this has to do with uh, doing like weird, sweet things for for uh, our spouses in a marriage. And last night we had breakfast for dinner, and uh, Ben made bacon and eggs and everything, and he served me the bacon, and I'm like, oh my gosh, do you always make bacon the way I like bacon? Because he prefers his bacon crispy. And I do not. I like it like fleshy, like uh, the vegetarians are going to like gag right now. Fleshy is a horrible way to describe something. <laughs> well, that's how I like my bacon. <laughs> like it looks almost alive still, but will make you sick. You wouldn't describe Quite, like, just cooked. anything else like that. I really like my hamburgers fleshy. <laughs> fleshy. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible sorry. adjective. Just I'm generally. sorry. I got Just generally speaking. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm so, okay. Well, I think it's really sweet that he does that for you. And I think it's cute that he's done it for so long. You know? That's what I kind of love about it is that uh, he didn't want any appreciation yeah. or or anything. He just did it. And uh, I thought that was really, really sweet. It's adorable. <laughs> I love it. It is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, <laughs> I just want to say real quick that we have gotten so many fun emails and um, messages <gasps> on yeah. Facebook and Instagram from everyone, um, not only just commenting about the episodes that we've done and the things that we've talked about, but just in support. And we read every single one of those. And then we text each other about every single one of those. They're all <laughs> yes, a very so big deal to us. Thank you to every single person who has done that. Oh, yes, thank you. I think we're going to read some. Sarah, do you want to go first? 
Yeah, so this email is from someone named Allie, and she says, Loving the new podcast so much. It's been such a great addition to my week while I'm scrubbing yogurt off my kitchen floor and folding (laughs) all the laundry. Sarah, listening to you talk about your I'm enough for these kids moments tonight made me cry along with you. Such a great reminder. The love we have for our babies is truly beautiful. It's been such a blessing to me walking through motherhood with you i'm thankful for this new outlet thank you both for sharing yourselves that's just so beautiful that thank was, you Allie. thanks Allie. that was awesome yes yay i have um an email from courtney courtney is a friend of mine and she said hi ladies as a single person or as a single lady who is not yet a mom but hopes to be one eventually your podcast is hilarious and brings me hope it's so refreshing to hear women just be honest and unabashed about the things that are totally normal and happen to people every day outside of your mom experience it's nice to hear experiences about your interactions with your husbands as well as the need for showing grace and love to yourselves. And then she says, also, let me point out, as a friend of Natalie, I I firmly believe she was lying about being scared when talking about living in the middle of nowhere. Why is she lying, you ask? I vividly remember her forcing a small group of us to stay up all night in the dark watching horror scary movies in the living room with windows facing dark woods and creepiness of her country surroundings so if so if she isn't lying why would you torture us okay i have an explanation for this first off that happened when i was in college so i was a little bit older and a little bit braver at that point but also um the reason that i forced people to stay with me was because my parents were gone with my sisters on their senior spring break and i don't I didn't do well staying at home alone. And so I had a whole bunch of friends over and they basically just like camped out and we all like blew up mattresses in our living room and camped out for a few weeks or for a few days. So Courtney, you do remember correctly. We did watch some scary movies and, um, but not a ton of them because I was still totally frightened. So this next email is from Megan and it says, Hello, ladies. I just finished the first episode, and it was wonderful. I cannot wait to listen to the rest. It is so good to hear other women talk about their experiences and to remind myself to give myself grace. I shared the podcast with a fellow mom since we had just been talking about some of the topics you covered. It helped me realize that, yeah, I need to be more flexible in my vision of parenthood since it is impossible to be perfect, even though that is what you see on social media. Also, holy alligator roll. (laughs) I want to start using that as like a regular expression. Holy alligator roll. Uh, Daily during diaper changes and really anytime my one and a half year old doesn't want to do something. And poop is a main topic at my house with my three and a half year old and my mom hates it too. (laughs) Thank you so much, Megan. I'm so glad it's resonating with you. And I love that you mentioned how it's impossible to be perfect because I'm going to be talking uh, MIS about overcoming perfectionism and how it's actually a bad thing, which surprised me. Yeah, it is perfect. Yeah. The alligator roll, we do that at diaper changes too, girl. I feel you. (laughs) It's like you feel like you have to hold your baby down with an elbow, which always feels kind of cruel but it's either that or they (laughs) roll off the dresser yeah Yeah. all right my last one is from kelly and she said i'm on episode three and i just about 
died at hearing you talk about buckling the seatbelts from the trunk. I have to do that, and I'm always paranoid about what people think. I have a Honda Pilot, and for a while, it was easier to have my oldest crawl in from the trunk because the car seats in the middle row wouldn't let the seat slide up. I was always waiting for a call from CPS because someone saw me putting my child in the trunk. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> Kelly, any parent oh, driving so by good. would understand. <laughs> Hopefully. Thank you so much for all of those emails. Definitely keep them coming. We want to um keep hearing yes. from everyone. We love you guys so much. Yes. So I'm gonna start with my yes. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. All right. My yes is something that we do as a family that has really helped us with dinner conversations and also just being in tune with our kids and their emotions. And it's funny because we kind of based the layout of the podcast on this. This is something that yeah. we call High Low Buffalo. It's something that I learned from a friend of mine. His name is Jeff King. He is so cool. He's also a vice principal, um, but he also kind of does these um, conversations about helping people understand their worth and value and where they want to go versus where they are. That's probably a horrible summary. He's really awesome, though. I'm going to put his social media stuff like his TikTok in our show notes so that if you want to look him up, you totally can. I absolutely suggest it. So he uh, I was listening to a talk that he was giving and he talked about how they do high low buffalo with their kids every night. And we had always done um, what's the what was the best part of your day? That was a regular question. We started I started that in college when I was friends with we had a huge group of friends and we would all try and eat dinner together every night. And so we started it then. And it's something Nick and I did when we were first married. And it has been something we continued with the kids because it's just always interesting to hear what they say. And so when he mentioned that they do something called high low buffalo, which is Essentially, it's what we do, the yes, no, hello. It's something good, something bad, and something random. With their kids, he talked about how, you know, it's exciting to hear something good about their day. And then we ask for a low because sometimes kids won't tell you the bad parts of their day or they won't tell you something that maybe was awkward or weird. But when you give them a space to talk about it freely, it helps them open up that conversation. So it's a really great key for keeping in touch with their emotions about school and everything else. And then the Buffalo is random. And so um, our kids love it. As soon as we sit down at the dinner table every night, everyone's, are are we going to do high, low Buffalo? Let's, I got my high, I got my low, whatever. Um, And it's really fun. And so there's two things about it that recently have started to happen. First off is the kids we're in a trend for a while they would essentially use the lows to tattle on each other <laughs> so we'd get to lows <laughs> and well, they're the, all isolated together yes yeah. well that's the that's the second part um that's thing number two is that we oh, have only sorry. you know you're good we've only been with each other like nick goes to work but it's me and the kids they finally went back to school last week but other than that they we've all been doing every single thing together and so <laughs> high low buffalo got a little bit boring for a while because <laughs> everyone's high <laughs> were the same the lows like i was just saying they for a while they used it to tattle on each other so they'd be like my low was when this sibling took this toy out of my hand while i was playing with it before snack time <laughs> so that there, that was a trend for a while something random is with kids 
my age or with like especially Harrison's age he doesn't totally understand what that really means and so it can be you can get anything from him about something random (laughs) but um but so everyone does it we even ask baby Charlie which is always funny because he just kind of screams at us at as usual for him (laughs) oh I love that (laughs) but uh it's a really great part of our evening and um, now that the kids have gone back to school, Hilo Buffalo has really gotten fun again because they cannot wait to tell us about. Usually, I right now is recess. We have so much snow where we are that when they go out to recess, they get to do all of the fun snow stuff with their groups of friends. So their highs are usually about recess, but um, they get to tell the stories and they're animated about it. And so um, the joy of Hilo Buffalo has really returned to our house this last like 10 days, which has been awesome because it was really a struggle there for a while. (laughs) Mama's high was when everyone took quiet time this afternoon. (laughs) Things like that happened. But now it's um, much more enjoyable. And even Nick and I always do it. And it's fun. The kids like to hear ours as well. And because Nick works with high schoolers, his are funny sometimes. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, so that's my high, or that's my yes. See, I'm in high buffalo terms now. <laughs> so that's my yes, just because it works so well for our family. If we don't have, um, I love structure. I thrive on structure. And so this creates a little bit of structure with dinner, um, but still allows organic conversation. If there's nothing like this, we end up talking about like the boys will spend the whole time telling poo jokes or, you know, which is funny (laughs) for a little bit, but then also not after 45 minutes. And so or we talk about Pokemon forever, which is all right, too. It's just this adds um, a little bit more to that. I like, too, that it involves everybody pretty equally. Yeah. Like, everyone gets their chance to say something. No one's overtaking or, you know, it's very, it, it has a nice equilibrium to it, too, for everybody to have their chance yes. and their attention. Yeah, I think that's part of it is that everyone has their, like, moment on the podium, you know, and that's yeah. kind of their, and they absolutely take advantage of that. <laughs> Harrison <laughs> yeah. is a storyteller. That kid can talk. Talk to you. Oh, he can go on for that. eight minutes about how he walked up icy stairs at recess, you know. And so it's just, um, so it's really, it is really special. And I do think, I think they thrive Leave out some like details, during, Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you get them. Um, but they, they love that no one's allowed to interrupt them. That's solely their time. We are listening a hundred percent to them right there. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, if you have kids that are my kids age or even Ava started doing um, the best part of her days when we did that, she was in preschool yet. You know, I bet Evie, you know, what what did you have fun with today? I Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could totally do that. Especially um, at bedtime. I mean, it, it might be all over the place, but we can yeah. start it. Well, we do a little like, what are you grateful for today? Oh. But I like the high, low buffalo thing. I think she can she'll be able to grasp that concept a little what made mm-hmm. you happy what made you sad maybe and what was yeah. silly maybe something like that more in her terms because i think that's great i think it also teaches them to listen and care about you and nick yes because parents like i think the kids forget that parents are people or mm-hmm. don't even realize it yeah <laughs> i think and i think that's a good lesson for them to 
oh, this is this person's talking. We're going to listen. We're going to interact. We're going to yeah. focus on somebody else. Well, and know? having like seeing adults with a range of emotions. I, I don't remember always having that when I was a kid, you know. So when I can tell my kids, well, my low was when this happened, I got kind of frustrated. And when they're younger, like Evie's age, you can, you know, it's um, this is how I dealt with that moment. This is I was really sad yeah. when I oh what a I great got news. teaching moment yeah yes. and so it is a little bit of that as well. Um, it's a ton of fun. Seriously, just I would suggest yeah. it for sure. So that's my yes. Uh, what what's your yes today, Sarah? My yes is my kind of my journey of overcoming perfectionism. All right. So for me, perfectionism. In parenting looks like, well, it was like having before I became a mom in that transition, it was having these very naive and unrealistic expectations um, of what parenting would be like. Like uh, we wouldn't watch TV. <laughs> we would only breastfeed. We do we do everything by the book or by all the books, even the ones that like contradict each other. Somehow mm, I was going to we yep. were going to do all of those things. Um, we'd only buy organic everything. <laughs> we would not co-sleep. We <laughs> would not use a passy or introduce a bottle until the baby was at least three weeks old. And of course, you know, I'd immediately bond with my baby um, <laughs> and it would be this beautiful relationship and sleep deprivation. Well, sleep deprivation. Ha. That wouldn't be so bad because I had, you know. Previously, I've had before babies. I had one or two sleepless nights, um, so I could handle this. That was no. That was literally. That was really one thought that went through my head that I could do. And I look back and I just shake my head, Sarah. Like, really? Oh my gosh. So, um, and it's just funny to reflect on. Um, and then as I was talking. Um, from the email that Megan sent that I read earlier, um, she mentioned how social media can be such a discouraging place, too. And I think that was another way mm -hmm. that I kind of defined what motherhood was supposed to look like. And um, because it seems like everyone's lives are perfect and this is how you do it. And then that's just how it goes. You know, yeah. it's not it's not difficult to get their shoes on. It's just shoes or <laughs> whatever the di difficulty or the challenge that day might be. Um, and it remind what Megan said reminded me of what another friend said about social media was that basically it's one big false reality. Mm -hmm. And I love that. It's a, it's an amazing description. Um because, you know, people are just posting their best sides of themselves, which yeah. is fine. But when you're living in that world and you think it and you forget that it's not an accurate depiction, it's really easy to just get in this rabbit hole of comparison. And yeah, something I read once said that social media is you comparing your worst moments to everyone else's best moments. And <gasps> oh, that that's brilliant. Really that's... sticks with me. Hardcore. It also forces me to um, be okay with posting moments that are not perfect because I never yes. want to make other moms feel like I have it all together when that's absolutely not the truth of my mm -hmm. life. So it wasn't until recently that I realized how devastating perfectionism is and how it was to my mental health, especially when I had my daughter um, and first became a mom. I've since learned that my perfectionism was a part of the reason I was so hard on myself. I, I just never, I was trying to like achieve something unattainable. Um, and I guess I never really thought about perfectionism and just 
perfectionism and defined it more specifically or examined myself and how perfectionism worked in my life until I listened to this episode of Brene Brown's podcast called Unlocking Us. For those of you not familiar with uh, Brene Brown, she's, I love her. Um, she's a shame and vulnerability researcher. Um, she has like a dozen books out. Um, and she has two podcasts and I think her education background was like in social work. So she's an activist. This just, you Mm -hmm. know, fantastic, strong, smart woman that I just (laughs) love. It wasn't until her podcast when she said that it's impossible to be perfect. Why do we seek perfection when it's not even attainable? And then she said we need to expect imperfection and expect failure, mm-hmm. not just in the idea that you have to fail to succeed, but that you will fail. It's not if you fail, it's when and how many times. And mm-hmm. and I love this. And I think it was either her or someone else I came across who said they even like they even celebrate their kids' failures mm-hmm. because it means they put their kids have put themselves out there and tried something and maybe You know, and maybe that's just what it's about, like living fully. But she's also basically saying that seeking perfectionism ends up being negative because it means we avoid failure, Mm. Um, which is so true for me. And we discussed this recently, Natalie, where we were like in the past, we both maybe not put our all into something because it wouldn't sting so bad if we didn't succeed in the way we thought we were supposed to succeed. Yeah. And uh, so that really hit home with me. But what if we kind of redefine that? What if failure was a good sign, a sign that at least we were out there doing something? And then here's this huge realization I had. You're going to have to bear with me. All right. (laughs) According to www.verywellfamily.com, these are the signs you might be expecting yourself to be a perfect parent. Criticizing yourself often. Blaming yourself when your child doesn't succeed. Comparing yourself to other parents and feeling like you fall short. Beating yourself up for not being able to do more for your kids, despite the fact Mm -hmm. that you do a lot for them already. Constantly second-guessing your parenting choices and losing your cool often because your expectations are too high. Mm -hmm. And once I read this, that's when it dawned on me. Perfectionism is the exact opposite of self-compassion. Because all of these things, mm. like you cannot be mm. kind to yourself if you think that you have to be hard on yourself to be perfect, which you can't even become anyways. When you read off that checklist, it, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Comparison, yep. Comparing myself to others is one of my biggest. And that has been pre before being a parent, just being a woman or being a female. That's something that I always did. And so mm-hmm. um, that just carried into pre- parenting I almost said pregnancy but into parenting Um, (laughs) but then the other one that was um, like blowing up when things don't go well because you had such high expectations for them that's absolutely huge for me um totally me that's huge and what was the one um about feeling like you're not doing enough for your kids even though that also even though you do a ton yes, for them yeah yeah cuz i at the end of the day i can always think back and realize oh i should have done this instead or i should have been there for this or whatever else and it's you know i oh yeah that one was big yeah. somebody else once told me that maybe it was you honestly that part of perfectionism um 
with, with a lot of people is that they want it to be perfect, but they also wait until the last minute. So there's a little bit of like, um, you you spend you you're hectic before like if it's an event a birthday party I always do this for birthday parties or I used to pre-covid where I have this idea of grandeur for a birthday party and I want it to be perfect all of the food has to have clever little names the cupcakes have to have toppers all the kids get party (laughs) hats everything else and so then I spend the four days beforehand not sleeping not spending time with anyone because I'm so obsessed about it being perfect that it's not enjoyable Mm -hmm. you know and i yeah so somebody i thought it was you that told me that and that absolutely hits home no it was i I think because i saw it somewhere but yeah and that was when i was starting to dawn on me that whoa yeah perfectionism because i do the same thing i recently applied to grad school because i want to be a mental health counselor Mm -hmm. (laughs) imagine that me quoting all these therapists (laughs) but um (laughs) but you couldn't guess (laughs) but when i had to write uh my essay my Mm. uh whatever like personal essay which is really hard to do because it's like representing yourself but not being too too (laughs) arrogant that you're so awesome like being (laughs) aware enough like self-aware enough to recognize that but also hinting at all of your awesomeness which is a very difficult blend (laughs) to find um (laughs) but um it took me forever to just start i would just like sit up in my husband's office and just like rock back and forth and think of all the things I could say and never actually write them down or even like Um, and yeah days and days and days talk about the things that you're good at for me when I get asked that question uh, my head is automatically like well I'm okay at this but other people are better and I am not great at this part of it and so I can't Mm -hmm. say that I'm also all right at this but it's canceled out by these things you know it it's Oh, I loved even just the like, it's literally impossible to be perfect. That's not actually a thing. Yeah. There's no perfect human being. So and I don't know, like we all know that, but I never put it into how I define myself and my perfectionism. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. And it's well, yeah. Why am I trying to achieve something that that I can't? Oh, um, that's yeah. That really so yeah, that's been huge for me. And I'm I'm not I'm not great at getting rid of perfectionism but it has helped me to go back and I've been big on reframing like you were talking about like what matters and like I've been thinking about how Franklin's first birthday is coming up and with Evie I went all out (laughs) and I stressed so hard she had a um oh the places you'll go theme I had like a little hot air balloon for pictures Mm -hmm. I had this giant like balloon arch that was beautiful and I stressed so hard about that and then the whole day I don't know I was so tired I don't know if I even remember much Mm -hmm. about it Um, it was beautiful but so Frank Franklin's birthday with COVID we're not going to have a party my parents are going to be here though because they're getting their vaccines which is amazing yeah I'm just like no I'm going to take it easy there'll be balloons and he'll have some cupcakes and I'm going to enjoy him well that was an amazing reminder seriously I yeah I love that. And I feel like this is something that we can so probably glad. touch back on for the next. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I'll let you know all my yeah. progress or lack of. Um, but I want to leave everyone with a couple quotes from Brene Brown about perfectionism. And I highly recommend checking out her pod- podcasts, plural, and all her books. I've only read one of her books, but I'm sure they're, they're all brilliant. <laughs> all right. So the first quote is, Perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when, in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. Mm. 
And then the second one is understanding the difference between healthy striving and perfectionism is critical to laying down the shield and picking up your life. Research shows that perfectionism hampers success. In fact, it's often the path to depression, anxiety, addiction, and life paralysis. Oh, my goodness. That's, I just was like, wow. What was the name of her book that you read? I read Daring Greatly. Okay. So, yeah. So, what's, that's my yes. Yay. Yay. What's your no? (laughs) All right. (laughs) My no is how horrible it is to use public restrooms with your kids, especially when they're under the age of like four. That's so good because that is the worst. Yes. I've forgotten for a while because we have not been in public at all. And then I was at Target, I think, and I Charlie was with me and Charlie is walking and all of these things. So, you know, you have to use the big stall because otherwise they're just right on top of you. (laughs) And he opened the door three (laughs) times while I was on the toilet to just all of the strangers out there. And then I... As I was sitting there, it all came flooding back to me. All of the horrible things that had happened in the past with all of my (laughs) other children in public public restrooms. (laughs) Yes, it's because we had not been in public. I had kind of forgotten. First off, it's so inconvenient using the toilet in public when you have a little kid, especially when they're when you don't carry them in the car seat anymore, but they can't walk yet, like crawling age. Because if you go to the restroom, they either have to sit in your lap or I, there's no good option. There's no good. Op- it's horrible all around. And then when they do start walking, Charlie wants to touch everything. He wants to put his mouth on everything. And so he so like I said, he opened the door three times on me while I was sitting on the toilet. Hello, ladies of Target. Here <laughs> oh, I am. Oh Embrace me <laughs> for the person that I've become. And you can't reach the you can't reach no, the door. You have in, uh, to waddle to the just... door to reclose it. <laughs> So, not to give everyone a too specific image. I got a great image, image of your, uh, pant, or your uh, pants down cute. the waddle. <laughs> so, it's, so then you gotta like, <laughs> me, Charlie, no, don't touch that door. Don't touch it. No, Charlie. <laughs> everyone else in the restroom can hear me arguing with my 18 month old about not opening the door to expose me to everyone else in public. Um, there's yeah so they just want he wants to like touch everything all of that oh and the little basket for sanitary products i remember this with all of the kids they would always be so interested in it and so they'd always want to open and close it and just in general have their fingers all over it it's always disgusting it's always really nasty the worst though is gas station bathrooms without a doubt gas station bathrooms without kids is a pretty horrible experience. Um, but there was a while that I would, my a lot of my extended family, or my dad and my Nima, my grandma, all of my cousins live in Michigan. It's about a two-hour drive. So um, if Nick would be at work, I would take the kids up there to see everybody. And there's a, there's a bathroom stop every so often when you do that with kids. And it's so hard to do it when they're young in a gas station because everything is nasty. There was one bathroom once I remember they had. It was almost like a high chair seat attached to the wall. Have you seen these anywhere? So you can. Bu- oh, I have. Yeah. That's amazing. You can buckle your kid into it while you use the bathroom so they just sit there that is the most genius thing i have ever seen i don't know why these are not normalized across the board because (laughs) seriously i i need that in my life um 
Yeah. And then I I remember when Ava and Henry were potty training and I would take them into public and I would use the bathroom on multiple occasions. They would because when they went to the bathroom, we would celebrate it in the house. And so then when I would go to the bathroom in public restrooms, they would also want to celebrate it. Yay, mommy. Yay, (laughs) mommy, you pooped. Yay, mommy. That's a big one. Heavy goes big. Where everybody can hear. I mean, it's just, it is a horrible, horrible experience all around. It brings me back to times when I had to change Evie's diaper on the gross diaper changing station. They never seem to put the trash next to the station. So that you have to like, you're. I don't know. You're trying to find a way to throw out a really poopy diaper. Yeah. And then you're trying to keep the the baby on there without falling off. And then you don't want them to touch Mm -hmm. everything. And if they're eight or nine months old, they're doing the alligator rolls, as we've (laughs) mentioned a number of times. Oh, (laughs) well, and those things always feel like they're never sturdy enough. So they it always feels no, they don't. like I have to also lift it up with my thighs, like hold it while I'm trying to change kids because I there's no way that that little plastic thing can support the weight of my two year old. No. And also, OK, while we're on the subject, yes, um, do not put breastfeeding rooms uh, and do not attach them to public restrooms. Uh. Why is this a good the Oregon Zoo? OK, it's a good zoo, but this is terrible. Who thought that this was a good idea to have the breastfeeding area next to these loud, like the place where you dry the blow dryer, air dryers or whatever for your hands. And then I had to take Evie in there and she was colicky and she's screaming and then and because it's so loud and all the toilets flushing and it's gross. And then Mm. you're feeding your baby. It was like, okay, it's nice that you almost have a breastfeeding room, but this does not work. No, that's not not, a breastfeeding room. That's a chair and a bathroom for you to sit in. That's not at all the same thing. Yeah. One of my worst breastfeeding experiences when Charlie was little, I, Ava had this Girl Scout thing at the mall. And so. So I took her to it and I had to take Charlie with me because he was what, like probably a few weeks old. And um, and I remember they had a breastfeeding room in the mall. But at some point, someone was like pounding on the door because it was also a family bathroom. It was a family bathroom slash breastfeeding room. And so someone was pounding on the door. I had Ava, who was very patient, but it's just when they're that young I was never great at breastfeeding. And so Charlie was only a few weeks old, which meant he was still getting the hang of it. I was still struggling. And someone I it was such I I remember crying on the drive home because it was so discouraging. It was so discouraging. Absolutely. There's no real solution to this other than honestly, the only thing that I can think of is those weird chairs that I encountered once in a public bathroom. But um, it's it's awkward and horrible and the whole nine yards. But yeah, that's my no. Sarah, what's your no? Uh, My no is we spend way too much on groceries and I want people's tips for saving money. Um, so here's what I do. I cook coupons. Yeah, what good does that do? I don't know. I go. The, I think the problem is I go to Fred Meyer, which is like the Pacific Northwest version of Kroger. It's actually owned by Kroger, mm-hmm. but it's called Fred Meyer or Freddy's. And they're overpriced, but it's convenient because mm. everything's in one place. It's weird because Kroger is the cheap. That's the inexpensive grocery store here. So I wonder if just the brand right. is different because... 
I have one friend, Brittany, who lives in a nearby town that does not have Kroger. And whenever she comes to visit, she will stop at Kroger because it's so much less expensive. So that's so strange yeah. that it's not there. Is that is strange? I wonder, Ben, uh, my husband Ben said it maybe it was the cost of living is why it's so oh, much more expensive. Maybe. Like just generally things are more expensive. But Target, they don't have a great no. grocery selection, but it's less expensive. And we don't have anything like an Aldi, like in the... Uh, okay. In Northwest Indiana, they have Aldi, which is the best thing ever. That's but. a conversation that I had with Hank today, <laughs> which we can get to in a second. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also, I think part of my problem is I don't want to put in too much work. Like everything I read online is like do inventory before you shop. I, I don't have I don't do mm-hmm. that. Um, also, I'm really bad at ClickList, which is the, the version of like uh, curbside pickup at Fred mm. Meyers. They call it ClickList. Um, so there's, here's a couple really funny things I've done on ClickList. <laughs> One time I accidentally ordered <laughs> 24 pounds of pork. <laughs> That's almost the size of my 18 month old. <laughs> what did you do with all of it? I didn't understand like how they had broken it down. Uh, they were like, yes. you know, a pound is this much. Or whatever, and then I was like, "Oh well, I'll get um, four pounds of oh. pork." See, but it was four eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, no, yeah. Well, so it was, it was my math is also wrong. It was sixteen pounds of pork then, but still. Oh my gosh! Wait, four? No, no, no right. it was twenty-four. Eight times yeah. four is twenty-four. Please. <laughs> that, I do but, that with bananas yeah. on the same thing where you order them because it tells you the price per pound. And then I, I can't like if I hit one, is that one banana or is that one pound of bananas? <laughs> right. I can't figure oh, it God, out. I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. But I have never ended up with 24 pounds of bananas. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> well, you're, you're doing well. And then the other thing I did. OK, so this was right when um, we had to everyone had to quarantine and go into lockdown. Uh, in the beginning of the pandemic and I was thinking okay what do we need to stock up on and mm-hmm. be ready um, besides toilet paper and at the time I was reading The Nightingale which is a really oh. good his- World War II historical fiction and in it she's talking about how precious cooking oil was oh, <laughs> oh no um, to them in World War II and like how she had to really reserve it and I was like oh man we really need to stock up on cooking oil. <laughs> like, like if this is going to be like World War II epic uh, proportions, uh, I got to be ready, you know. And so oh <laughs> I got um, four half gallons <laughs> of vegetable oil. The only thing we use vegetable oil in is, is this banana bread recipe I have. And it only takes... <laughs> One fourth of a cup. <laughs> we still have four half gallons of vegetable oil because I still haven't even used all of the vegetable oil oil we had left before, <laughs> before I got these giant. <laughs> so this doesn't help my journey to save money on groceries. So I just want to know if anyone has some good suggestions. I don't want to get into too much detail about about grocery shopping because it's you know it kind of it's this sucky chore for everybody. But so but funny. Natalie, I do want to hear. Okay, Natalie has told me about her mom's husband, her yeah. stepdad Hank. 
He is the most amazing grocery shopper. He knows how to save all the money to the point yeah. where he put, he keep like, when he goes shopping, he goes to multiple stores. Mm-hmm. And you told me once that he has coolers yeah. in the back of his car. Yeah, we kind of laugh about it. And I think that's it. the most amazing thing. Yes, I love it. Hank is the most frugal person I have ever met in my life. He retired <laughs> at 45. That's, awesome. that's how frugal he is. <gasps> and so um, this is just how... So one of those parts for him is grocery shopping. And so we laugh a little bit because he takes a... Hank, can you teach a class, please? I want to retire Well, so he's retired. My mom is still working. He's retired. And so he does all of the chores for them. And one of those things is grocery shopping. So he spends a full day grocery shopping. He leaves in the morning and then he doesn't get back until later that afternoon because he goes to many stores... So I called him today to ask him a little bit, like, what his process was. And for him, the big thing, which you've already said you hate, is planning. It is so much planning for him. He still gets the old school paper ads, and he knows where all of the sales are. He bases their dinners, because he also does all the cooking. Um, He bases their dinners off of what's on sale um, and then oh, he goes. That is so smart. Yeah, and then he goes out with he. He has coolers in the back of his car because he's gone for so long, and he'll stop at whatever stores he needs to get it. The other thing that he does is buy in bulk, and they. So he said that he buys twenty five pound bags of rice at a time because um, he can get that for nine dollars at Costco, whereas if you go to Aldi, which is a thing here apparently i i thought it was only here and he thought it was everywhere because he said aldi is his other big one but anyone who lives in indiana or the surrounding area knows that aldi is a beautiful spot to get groceries because it's crazy and they pay their employees really well they do they're supposed to be really good to work for yeah 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 um and so he yeah so he does that The other thing that he mentioned is that he makes a lot of things from scratch. Instead of buying, like, rice-a-roni kits or whatever, he will just do it from because it's so much cheaper to do it from scratch. They have a deep freezer, at least one in the basement, because he buys in bulk and then he stores everything. So that's kind of what his process looks like. That's such a good investment, is the freezer. He does not coupon at all. He never coupons, I asked him. And so that's not a thing for him. Um... But he is he is unbelievably frugal. Did you ask him how much he spends for two people? I didn't. I should have. But I think that I'm curious. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I will say because I've been thinking about this full disclosure. We have show notes that we put an outline in. So I know ahead of time kind of what Sarah, a little bit of what you're going to talk about. So I, I did think about this a little bit and. Because we did not have a lot of spending money for so long, we had to go really cheap on groceries. And the things that we did, I just had to learn the really cheap meals to make. And so for us, it was a ton of pasta and a ton of things with like rice because rice is super cheap all of the time. And the other big thing was trading convenience for savings. So now we buy applesauce packets or fruit packets for Charlie And that was never a thing for us before because it's cheaper to buy it in tubs. So it's mostly like snacking stuff, crackers, that kind of stuff. You you pay for convenience when it comes to your kids. And so saving money is a really good point. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think if I really want to save money on groceries, I can 
I just need to put in the work. That's what it sounds like. I think I keep wanting to hear like yeah. an easy fix. Like, oh, well, just go here. <laughs> okay. So what's your hello? My hello is um, about a special holiday that we're celebrating this weekend. My seven-year-old son, Henry, is Korean. And part of having a mixed family is making sure that we are really um, observing that culture on a regular basis. Because that is a part of our family. And so um, I have not been great about this. I'm going to be totally honest. This is one of those things that um, is in the back of my head at all times. It's really important to me that Henry stays connected to his culture. I'm hoping that in a few years I can look back and give myself grace that, you know, when we had when they were so young, it was a lot of other things that we were getting through. And so there was not necessarily a ton of time or energy to put into helping him learn Korean and the special holidays and that kind of stuff. But anyways, all that to say, this year, we're really um, kind of stepping up and making sure that we're doing this for him because it's a big deal to us that he feels connected to his culture in that way. And even though he may not recognize that now... I think it's really important for him to understand his identity, is to understand who he yeah. is. So all that to say, this weekend is a really special holiday. Um, it's Solal, which is the Lunar New Year, or um, if in China, it's the Chinese New Year. So everyone usually understands kind of what that means. And so this year, we are celebrating for the first time. It's technically tomorrow, but it's usually a three-day celebration. So here's your here's everyone's small lesson. And I also just want to add that I am absolutely not an expert about this. And so if I get something wrong, <laughs> I apologize now for it. I am still learning, and I love learning about this stuff because it is so much part of him. Um, but I'm ob obviously not perfect. As we talked about earlier, perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't and you shouldn't strive to be because it's impossible. Yeah, it's we're full circle now. So anyway, so this weekend is Solal. It's technically tomorrow. We record on Thursdays, I should say that. So Friday is Solal, but a lot of people um, celebrate Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It is something in Korea. Everyone travels to their family. Um, they call it. Um, a lot of the videos that we've watched and things that we've read, they say they go to the big house, which is usually the eldest son's home. And all of the family goes there. They prepare a ton of food. They um, have special food that they make. But then the other big thing is that they um, bow to their elders as a sign of respect. And then the elders give the kids envelopes with money in it. And so a lot of the videos that we have watched. <laughs> That's a great holiday. I know. <laughs> a lot of the videos we have watched have talked about a lot of times this is kids' favorite holiday because they get pocket money. And so we have called my mom and Hank, her husband, and then Nick's mom are all coming on Saturday. We... I mean, we didn't even do Thanksgiving or Christmas together this year, so it does feel kind of like a big deal. But it was important to us that this is kind of um, we celebrate this correctly for him. And so they will come and what we're kind of laughing. All, we're all laughing about it because the kids like us, Nick and I, children are also supposed to bow. And so I told my mom that and she said, you know, this might be her new favorite holiday as well. So we all it's a very <laughs> specific kind of bow. So we're going to practice that. And then the the elders 
<laughs> which I'm just going to call my mom that from now on, the elder. <laughs> oh, I love I'm it. sure she'll yes. love it. I want to uh, be an elder. I yeah. know. <laughs> um, they like say things, they ask about people's futures. So a lot of the videos, if they were like a college aged woman, the question, the response back to have a good, ha- have a happy new year would be things like, when are you going to get married? <laughs> Or <laughs> do you have a boyfriend no. yet? Things like that. <laughs> and so we're going to do that. And then we're making three Korean dishes. One barely counts because it's just pork dumplings that I buy frozen at Walmart. If you've never had Walmart's Perfect. pork dumplings, they're so good. We eat them for lunch all of the time. And then the other is a rice cake soup. And as I've said many times, I don't love to cook, but I'm really excited to try this out. And I found a video to show me how, which should be a big help. And then the third thing is kind of, they're like these little pancakes with some veggies and eggs in them. And so we're going to make all of that together as a family. I'm just, I'm really excited about it. There's a specific game that they play as a family afterwards, and I found it on Amazon. And so we're going to play that game. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah. 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 The other thing is that the boys, at least, will wear their handbox, which is their Korean, traditional Korean wear. Um, Oh, they're so beautiful. Yes. They are gorgeous. Ava does not fit into hers anymore, but the boys both do. And so they will have those on, which will be really fun. I am so excited about this weekend to celebrate. I'll give you an update next week about how it goes. That's our that's my big hello is that um, happy Solal to anyone who's anyone else who might be celebrating that. Sarah, tell me about your hello. That's so beautiful. Well, my hello is kind of funny. Um, I realized the other day uh, my husband Ben apparently inspires all my hellos. As I was, I was uh, walking through the kitchen and then I just stopped because I got distracted and like right in the middle and he was trying to get through. And he's like, you do that all the time, you know, uh, you stop randomly when someone's behind you. And I was like, yeah, I do. And then I started thinking, he's like, I do quite a few things that people <laughs> consider pet peeves. I'm kind of like a walking peeve. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. I think it's it's funny. Because um, it, it's also hilarious. Okay, so let me just go through, through a few of them with you. So first of all, I cracked my knuckles. Um, and I actually bonded with a friend over this because she cracked her knuckles. And I was like, oh, phew, oh, good. And then I just like went to town on my own knuckles and like it, now we're friends. Um, <laughs> it was like the defining moment. And then as I was saying when Ben said, I stra- I'd stop in the worst places. And I realized I don't just do this at home. I do this grocery shopping in small aisles, um, in hallways, whenever someone's trying to get through in the middle of doorways, when I'm leading a pack of people inside someone's house and other people have to wait for me to move before escaping the rain or the cold I'm just sitting there like taking my shoes off and saying my hellos Uh, so uh, I'm just I'm just like just a very easily distracted person and I can't do many things at once like I can do a lot of things at once but yeah uh, like remember when you came over to our house for a party and I'm trying to cut onions and you're like crying because the onions affect you so bad and I keep stopping because we're laughing about something (laughs) and like and Ben's like will you focus on the onions like Natalie is like sobbing because you look so miserable and it's just like taking me I lose control when there's an onion involved. <laughs> and I was just going like painfully slow as you're just sitting there like being kind to me and listening to whatever I'm saying. So there's I'm also a terrible onion. <laughs> I don't have no onion courtesy. <laughs> 
what's funny about this the stopping in random places is my mom is also like this. Aww. And I was thinking about this. This is kind of bad. But when uh, my family and I would, when I was younger, would take a trip to Chicago, my dad and I would notice when <laughs> my mom seemed a bit distracted. And so we would we'd purposely stop walking. And she would just, she would keep walking and walking and we'd wait and we'd giggle like little kids until she realized we're no longer next to her, like way down, like two blocks down and we're just laughing. And and she'd be like, where'd everybody go? And with this like sweet, confused look on her face. And I always thought she knew we were playing this joke on her. I thought like she's in on, she's like, you guys again, Mm -hmm. you know, but I uh, mentioned it to her a little while back and, and she's like, you did that on purpose? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so it, was, I, it wasn't so bad until I realized she wasn't in on the joke. Oh, no. um, and now I'm like, oh, I'm that easily distracted person. So I can definitely see this happening to me. Um, and then another thing I do is um, I use my teeth on my fork when I take a bite of food. And I didn't realize this was a pet peeve of people until it was Christmas and my brother-in-law, we were talking about pet peeves and we're all eating and uh, he's really funny. And I don't think, I think he was just teasing maybe, but um, he was like, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people bite their forks. And I'm like, and then I go to take a bite and I'm like, oh my God, I'm a fork biter. (laughs) I I had no idea it was a pet peeve, and I had no idea I was a fork biter. Um, and apparently it's a big problem for a lot of people mm-hmm. when others bite their forks. And there's a whole thing called misophonia, um, which is a disorder in which certain sounds trigger emotional or physiological responses. I'm quoting this, but I didn't cite where I found it. I think it's like my first Google search. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google says that some people might perceive as unreasonable given the circumstance. The sound is unreasonable. Um, those who have misophonia might describe it as when a sound drives you crazy. Their reactions can range from anger and annoyance to panic and the need to flee. <gasps> I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> I found a Reddit thread about about this, and people have, are so angry at fork biters. <gasps> Someone named Bendy Zebra is like, someone cannot eat without biting the cutlery. I give them rubber baby cutlery until they learn to eat like an adult. Humiliation is a great teacher. (laughs) So does this include noise like people chewing with their mouth open or is it specifically? Oh, yeah, that was a big one for people. Because that is pet peeves. um, Mm -hmm. I I do get I get like explosive angry with noises like that and with the with dogs when they lick any part of them legs it does not i cannot uh, handle oh, it i cannot handle you can same. ask nick i get and over and over and over and yep. over and over yep it's making me tense thinking about it because i can't do it nobody in the whole world eats cereal as loudly as my husband eats cereal i cannot <laughs> explain it but he is not allowed to eat cereal in my vicinity because I, we will fight. I can't, I don't, it's irrational. I know I'm being irrational. I just can't do it. I can't do it. But no, I get, I get it. There are things like that for me too, but yeah. So that's my hello. That's it. I, I'm annoying. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I try to be a conscious and not do this in front of people. I, I asked Nick. Um, what kind of things I do that are pet peeves to him. And then he told me one, and then we got into a fight. So 
<laughs> his. Are you going to share what it was? Yeah, I will. I'll call him out on it. I was so I was like legitimately mad. I'll say that because um, I asked him <laughs> and um, and he was like, you know what? What really bothers me is when you ask me a week ahead of time what I want to eat for dinner. And I was like. You know why I do that, right? Because I'm trying to meal plan and I'm trying to grocery shop. When I ask you that question, it's not me being annoying. It's me reaching out and asking for help with the task that I see. I'm getting angry right now talking about it. Wrong team. He, he knew immediately that it was a bad decision. You should have the second my, when he said it and my face, he thought I was going to laugh or something. And when the look on my face, you could see the fear in his eyes. He realized it was a mistake. But I also, I sent my, because I knew you were going to talk about like pet peeves or whatever. I sent my sisters, my sisters, I have two sisters, they're twins. And I sent them a text and said, what things did I do when we were younger? And I even said, I feel like this is something that maybe I shouldn't open, but let's just, let's just try it out. But they, Rachel had a really good one. She said, and this is true. She said, you used to use like two or three towels every time you showered. You needed two or three clean towels. I did that too. Yes. When I didn't have to do laundry. Oh, the luxury of a clean, two clean yes. towels. Yeah. When I didn't have to do my poor mom. Yeah. She said it yes. drove it was the, her crazy. I used one towel for like weeks and weeks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> until, until it smells funky. And then Emily said, what was, oh, (laughs) Emily was always really good at doing hair and I have very thick hair. It was really long when I was in high school. And so I made her a deal when I got a new iPad. I made her a deal that if she straightened my hair, whenever I asked her for an entire year, I would give her my old iPod. (laughs) so, So she... So she like for a month, she straightened my hair every single time I asked. And um, but then I kept using my old iPod to run and I'd stick it in my sports bra because this was 2006, probably. And they didn't have like or they they probably did have fancy armbands, but I couldn't afford them. And so um, my sweat broke it. It wouldn't work anymore. And so she (laughs) put in all that work and then I broke it. (laughs) And I did not remember this until she brought it up it was just pretty cute but and i i have no doubt like you took advantage of that deal 100 percent, yes so <laughs> like the older siblings like my brother ryan one of my favorite stories is um he's like let's play uno i get all the wilds all the skips every and you can have all the other cards and he's four <laughs> years older than me so i was probably five and i was like okay and he's like and i get to go first <laughs> So he just like lays out wild after wild after reverse reverse. I'm just sitting here with this deck, <laughs> and like I and then and then he's like done, and then I don't even get a play. He just like he only played that way with me so that he could demolish me. <laughs> that is such a sibling thing. That is a hundred percent. It's such an older yes. sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Taking <laughs> advantage so of your younger siblings. So <laughs> Yeah, to make you yourself feel good. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. Um well I love that hello. I think that's great. So we did something really special for this episode. We um, yes. got it because this weekend is Valentine's Day. By the time everyone hears this, it will have been Valentine's Day. But we got each other Galentine's gifts, which I thought was yeah. fun. So do you want to open yours first? Yes. Uh, I'm not ashamed. Okay, what's in here? Do what you right. do. It was like this awkwardly long box. And then, okay, I'm opening it. And now it's like this weird... 
long black thing. Scratch off poster, top 100 books. <gasps> Take a coin, scratch off the gold foil layer, and reveal top books you've read. Have you seen oh, these? Oh, that sounds fun. No. Okay, so it's 100 books, and when you read them, you scratch it off, and it shows you, I think, either the cover or, like, this really, like, something underneath it. And so oh, it's, like, this so interactive. I love that yeah. idea. Okay, are you going to okay. open your... Wait, let me... Sorry. All right. Well, I'll open it later. Yeah. I'll open the whole thing later. But thank you so much. This is making a ton of noise. <laughs> Mine is a lumpy mother t-shirt that says, I'm not for everybody. <laughs> I'm a lumpy mother with our little logo. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Because you it. wanted um, a shirt that said, I'm not for everybody. Yeah. And you said it in our first episode. I'm so proud of this one. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. I love it. Oh, I can't wait to wear this. Oh, I'm so glad you Thank like you. it. Yay. Yay. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Galentine's Thanks Day. Best happy Galentine's Day to all our friends out there. Yeah, happy Galentine's Day. As we wrap up today's awesome episode, we just want to remind you that we absolutely always want to hear from you. Like we said earlier in this episode as well, you can email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com and tell us what are your weird tricks for saving money on groceries? Um, do you yes. have pet peeves that or actions that you refuse to give up even though they annoy other people? <laughs> <laughs> um, or even just uh, about the perfectionism. That's a big one for me, totally. Yeah. So, um, Especially in parenting. Yeah, or even just your um, yeses or nos from the week maybe we'll read them in the next episode yes and if you like what you heard today there are some big things you can do to help others find us and that would mean the world to us and help us keep this podcast going uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button um, on apple podcast or follow on spotify rate and review us if you have the time just click that rate button oh my gosh thank you that would that's huge mm -hmm. and share us with someone else you think might enjoy our show and don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lumpy Mother Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Twitter at Lumpy Mother Pod, P-O-D-1. We have a lot of fun tweets that are going out throughout the day. And yes. we also know... I've been loving all my tweets. Yes, Sarah is rocking the tweet game. And then we also now have a TikTok account because I'm so obsessed with TikTok. It's just at Lumpy yes. Mother Podcast. And on the TikTok account, you can kind of see some behind the scene videos of us filming the episode. And make sure to join us next week to see what parenthood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye! Bye.